Well, hello, everyone, and welcome back to another edition of Broadway Babies. I'm Stephanie Anderson. And I'm Noelle Hannibal. And today our guest is the wonderful Justin Matthew Sargent. Hello, how are you? Hey, what's going on? <laughs> <laughs> Justin, we're going to start off just a little bit. Can you just tell us how you got into this? Was this something that you... Um, aspired to be from the beginning or was this something you kind of segued into this business the business I should say <clears throat> so from for me it, this all kind of started uh, halfway through my eighth grade year uh, I had moved I grew up in in the Tampa Bay area in Florida and I had moved from one county to another county in the middle of eighth grade year you know so like all of my friends and everything I mean you know they were at this point like an hour and a half away and so you know, I'm, I'm going to a new place where people have already, you know, they've already got their friends and all this kind of stuff. And I, my, in my first week of school, my history teacher kind of recognized that I was like itching, you know, it, just itching for some, for some, you know, camaraderie. And um, I was, I was a pretty, uh, you know, outgoing kid. And so she asked me, she said, you know, do, have you ever done community theater or been interested in that? And I was like, no. And so she, you know, kind of uh, sent my parents some information about it. And um, a couple of weeks later, I, I auditioned for Oliver at the community theater in my hometown, the Richie Suncoast Theater. And I got cast as the Artful Dodger. Um, nice. And I just instantly fell in love with it. I was like, oh, this is awesome. And over the span of my four years in high school, then, you know, after that eighth grade year, I think I did something like 25 different productions at the community theaters in the area, um, both on stage and off stage and running soundboards and doing like assistant stage managing, all kinds of stuff. And it just really, I'm sorry, if you hear a baby cooing right now, that my baby's eating on my, on my lap. But, um, <laughs> but so I've, you know, I, I just fell in love with it. And, um, and, and I, I, I thought, well, this is, this is all I want to do. This is all I want to do. And, and then I realized that you, you can have a career in this if you, you know, are willing to sacrifice a lot of things. Um, <laughs> But that that's really what started it for, for me. And um, I, I think the, 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 the biggest part of that, that, that I, I didn't really realize until later in life, that, but the, the thing that really attracted to me to this whole thing was that everybody was doing this for free. Nobody was being paid to do this. You know what I mean? This was community theater. This is people who are members of the community. They're doctors, they're lawyers, they're, you know, working at the grocery store. They're like all, everybody from all over the place. And then they, they, you know, spend their evenings rehearsing and putting on productions for free. You know, it's just, it was, it's really an amazing tool. And I, I encourage any, any young performer out there that wants to do this, um, you know, uh, professionally down the line to, to get in, get invested in your community theaters. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. Did you, did you move to New York first? Did you audition and get cast in something? Did you pound the pavement for, you know, 10 years? What was kind of your, your journey to Broadway like? Yeah, so, you know, um, this is a question I get asked a lot. And, and, and I always then um, kind of have to uh, proceed it with, with a lot of this business is luck and right time and right place. So I, I went to the University of Central Florida to get my BFA degree in musical theater. Um, and when I graduated, I, I started working at the theme parks in Orlando at, at Universal Studios and at SeaWorld. Um, Disney would never hire me because they said I was too edgy. So, you know, but it's all good. <laughs> it's all good. They're like, you're too, you're too edgy. I always got that note whenever I would audition. That, you're too That's edgy. Like, too funny. That's fine. That's what? fine. That's all right. Um, but you know, but I, you know, I, like for Halloween Horror Nights, they did a 45 minute version of the Rocky Horror Show Universal and I played Riff Raff in that for two years and like, just kind of thing, things like that and was loving it and, and, and still love it. You know, uh, it's, it's a really, really great asset for performers, those theme parks in, 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 in Central Florida. Um, and then they were, um, Tulsi Casting was coming to Orlando to audition people for um, Reef Carney's alternate in Spider-Man Turn Off the Dark. And my friends were like, oh, you know, you look, you look like Peter Parker. It's you too. It's rock music. You should audition for this. And I was like, oh, okay. So I did. I, I went and I was the 181st person to audition. And they kept coming into the waiting room and saying, look, 
stop singing musical theater songs. This is a rock show. This is Bono and the Edge. We don't want to hear one song glory from Rent. We don't want musical theater at all. So I was like, oh, good. I'm glad I prepared a U2 song, you know? Um, but I went in and uh, Tiffany Canfield from Tulsi Casting, right after I got done singing, I have run, I have crawled. You know, I sang that song. And um, she said, you get an automatic callback because you're the 181st person in this city to audition and you're the first person to sing a U2 song. Oh, wow. wow. Amazing. Or this musical written by by Bottom on the Edge. So I mean. she's like, just on song choice alone, automatic callback. I was like, awesome. So, <laughs> <laughs> so um, yeah, so I, you know, I had a callback a couple days later in Orlando. And then I, I, um, I, then I came to New York to do the final callbacks for Julie and the rest of the team. And um, it was, I was obviously so new to this and like out of my element. I had no, I've ne I'd never been to an audition of this caliber before. Um, you know, like when, you, when you're auditioning at Universal Studios and the theme parks, you're like essentially auditioning for your friends, you know? So it's like, oh, hey, you know, you like joke around and then you do the material. And I was like, oh, cool. You know, you, you should, we should put you in this show. But this was the auditioned for something outside of the university that was like, you know, I, I like I walked in and I was like, oh my God, I'm such a big fan of yours, Julie Taymor. And you know, like, oh, I love this and this and across the universe, blah, blah, blah. And she was like, okay, let's do the material. And like, <laughs> <laughs> um, but, you know, and, and I think and it's, you know, I, I'm sure it was endearing, but um, ultimately, you know, I, I'm sure I came across very green, um, but it was really sweet. And so after, after the audition, uh, Bernie Telsey, um, who, if, you, if, if there's listeners that don't know, Bernie Telsey is the um, head, he's of Telsey Casting, the head of Telsey Casting, which is one of the largest casting companies in the world. And um, he came out with me after he walked me out of my audition. He said, so, he said, so when are you going to move to New York? And I said, oh, I, should I do that? And he said, yes, sooner than, <laughs> sooner than later. So, <laughs> so um, I took his advice and um, about, six months to I think it was about six months later my girlfriend at the time is now my wife uh we we packed up everything we owned and our dog and moved up to the city and I emailed um Chelsea's office to let them know that I you know had had been told by Bernie that I should move up to the city and um that to let them know I was here and uh about six months after that uh I had booked Constantine Marulis's understudy in Rock of Ages so, you know, kind of one thing led to another and led to another and led to another. But, um, you know, I, I was in the right place at the right time, you know, like because I looked like Peter Parker and could sing U2 music. I was perfect for that role, which led me to my audition at Telsey Casting, which led me to moving to New York. And by that time, I had grown my hair out super long. So they were like, oh, this guy looks like kind of looks like a younger, you know, Constantine or like a little brother. And um you know, has long hair and can sing high, let's put him in the show. And so it just kind of, <laughs> you know, I got, I got lucky. Um, but, I, you know, kind of doing everything backwards. I, I you know, I, I got so lucky in the beginning. And, um, you know, I, I was understudying Drew. Uh, and then the show closed at the Helen Hayes. And so, um, I'm sorry, closed at the, at the Brooks Atkinson. Uh, and then about a year later, later it opened at the Helen Hayes. Um, so when it closed to the Brooks Atkinson, I, would, I went and did another show understudying Jeremy Jordan and Bonnie and Clyde. Okay. And then, so I'd moved from one understudy role to the next. And then, you know, um, then Rock of Ages had been reopened at the Helen Hayes and um, they called and asked me to come in to a, a audition to take over for the role of Drew. And I said, okay, so I came in and I got it. And um, I played that role for a year and a half on Broadway. And, um, it was my first leading role, you know, and it's kind of a, you know, a huge deal for me. You know, like it was, it was like a get, becoming a member of a family, you know, it was amazing. And then, um, Ruth Carney was leaving Spider-Man. And so it all became full circle because then I took over for Reeve. I left Rock of Ages to take over for Reeve. And, um, ever since then I've been, you know, kind of in this place where I, uh, I don't, I, I want, I want to originate a role. You know, I want, mm -hmm. I want that, I want that experience. You know, I've, I've been an understudy, I've been a cover, I've been a replacement twice. I, I don't necessarily want to do that anymore. And so, um, the last five or six years I've been really chasing, um, those original, original roles. Mm -hmm. Um, and I had it, I had it and it was happening. And then the damn coronavirus came 
and uh, ruined the whole thing. But you know, I uh, I'm, I think we'll we'll be okay. It, it's it's a new show, um, uh, opening here in New York. Um, we're supposed to open in May, but uh, you know, it looks like we're gonna postpone for quite a while. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's a new rock musical. It is so good. I cannot wait for you guys to hear about it. Um, I don't think I could talk about it much, but um, it's very 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 exciting. So wow. that's kind of that's kind of my journey in a nutshell, um, <laughs> in, in the longest run-on sentence ever created. <laughs> oh, I love it. We love the details, and and um, it's even if it's a run-on sentence. <laughs> <laughs> oh, don't worry. There's more of those to come. I'm sure. <laughs> Do you have any? Did you have any experiences, as I'm sure you did, with um, mishap? and you know maybe miss cues or did you fall down stairs he's nodding to all of them so he's give nodding us, totally give us, <laughs> give us some some stories about things that went wrong in rock of ages you know when you do over 500 performances of something uh, uh something is going to go wrong and my wrong. favorite <laughs> my favorite um instance was so every night uh, at the top of the show, um, so I would come out on, on stage and I would have this big, you know, night and never going home. And then like would like run to the bar and put my guitar down. And then the stage is just Lonnie and I at that moment. Lonnie's all the way downstage. He's the narrator of the show. And he's kind of talking to the audience, setting up everything. And like, like you know, uh, setting up my character. Um, and so I'm, I'm, I'm cleaning the bar, getting it ready for, you know, for people to come in and uh, putting down stools and cleaning tables. And then there's this broom, this large push broom that's set up against the bar. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's placed there at the top of the show. And so I would always kind of jam over to it. And like I'm listening to the music and I would grab it and kind of flip it over my shoulder and then the jam as I'm sweeping up the bar. Right. And I had done this at this point, you know, 400 something times. And, this one day I <laughs> grab the broom and I flip it over my shoulder and I let go. I don't know why I let go. I just went and it went smash and smashed into a uh, neon Corona sign that was, and these sparks fly out and the glasses all over the place. And I'm just like, what do I do? And the guy playing Lonnie has no idea what happened because it's, it's loud. It's a rock show. It's loud. And he's like talking to the, but the audience is like, <gasps> and so I was like, well, and then, and then, and then it's like time for my, for my big, my big solo at the top of the show. Not a time. I can't pay my rent. You know, I come down to the stage. And so, and, and there's all these backup dancers behind me and there are, you know, these women that are in barely any clothes, you know, at this point. And, and so, I'm like, well, there's glass all over the stage. And so Ang, who's uh, one of our amazing dancers, came out and looked at me, just shook her head. And she took the broom from, from, from me, because I picked it up at this point. She took the broom and she just started like, like doing like a sexy sweep up behind me. Nice. Instead of being a, a backup dancer, she was nice. like sexy sweep. But I, that was one of the, my, my favorite moments. And I, I never lived it down. I never uh, it, it was, I'm sure. Uh, <laughs> oh, I'm sure. And, and it, in fact, I don't think that they ever replaced the Corona sign. I think they left it as this like smashed, broken thing on the stage that was kind of, you know, it kind of, uh, it kind of fit this, the aesthetic. It, it would, I mean, it, it would work for sure. Steph and I grew up, uh, grew up in LA. Steph's still there. And I spent a fair amount of time on the Sunset Strip in the 80s. And oh, 90s. yeah. And uh, Rainbow Room. Oh, yeah. Roxy Theater. Um, <laughs> and it's, I think it's safe to say that there are probably broken Corona signs in 90% of the clubs in, on the Sunset Strip. So, Especially back then. You know, so you were, you were Especially just, back you, then. Were getting, you were getting method. We'll say you were getting Yeah, you know, it's just really, really trying to bring some truth to the situation. <laughs> you know, that's my... It's my Uta Hagen. I was doing let's practice my Uta Hagen. That's a great story. I love see that I love stuff like that. Even and, and as long as nobody gets hurt, of course. But of I course. do I did exactly. enjoy, I did enjoy exactly. the sound effect of the broom. I think that was my favorite part of the story. The whoosh, I'll never forget that sound. Whoosh, 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 whoosh. <laughs> and I'm sure it looked like slow motion to you as you're looking at it too. You know how something like that it's happening in real time, but it, yeah, everything is kind of like slow-mo. Like you can't 
Oh no, you can't like no. move too quick enough to get old. <laughs> exactly. Exactly right. You nailed it. Oh, man. It is one of those shows. I mean, so I, I got to do it in um in uh Pittsburgh last last year, the Pittsburgh Civic Light Opera. Um they called Nest Five Come Play Drew for the Hi sweetie, I'm so sorry you guys. I, I apologize for her chatter. <laughs> okay. chat no, no. It's okay. This it's is a new thing right. as of yesterday, this whole, like, she's just going, she's just, like, going a mile. It's amazing. Um, it, so, we're, but, so, we're just hanging out here. This isn't an interview. We're, we're hanging, hanging out. out. And, you know, if we, yeah. if, we, if we were meeting for coffee, you would bring Luna. So here we That's are. That's right. That's right. <laughs> um, but so if I got she to start do- singing, though, we're, if we start, she starts singing, though, we're turning over the in- in the interview to her. That's yes, you, you got it. No problem. <laughs> <laughs> Baby's first interview. Um <laughs> That's right. So, you know, I, I got to do this show in Pittsburgh, uh, you know, in, in Pittsburgh Civic Light Opera, they only do, you know, eight shows. And so it's, it was, it was a 13 day process. Um, and uh, it, it's, it's really incredible. After so many performances of, of, of the same show, it's, it's, it's incredible to do uh, the, the, the same show, but, but with a whole different uh, team, a different director, a different, everybody was different, you know, and, and, um, what was really what's really remarkable about that show in particular is that Kristen's like you know her her spirit and her her just her vibe I guess you would call it is still is is there and I think it's just um I think it's so ingrained yeah. in the show now that you you can't do it without have without that feeling and it's and it's really it's it's a feeling of uh of family and it's a feeling of of inclusion and um and warmth and it's I just love that show I love it so much it's a fun show. It really is a fun show. And then, hang on, I gotta sneeze. <laughs> Bless you. <laughs> Let's not edit that out. Let's keep that in. Yeah, we gotta keep the sneeze in. <laughs> as long as it's not a cough, right? Really? Um, and the music kicks ass. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. My, my the, the music I listened to when I was a teenager was Led Zeppelin and The Who. And the Beatles. I mean, I, I grew up That's listening true. to my That's true. my dad's yeah, my dad's music. I mean, the first the whole reason I, I got into musical theater or fell in love with it, like, you know, from from a fan perspective was because of Tommy. <laughs> Sorry, let me grab her. Right. It's okay. Tommy, um, you know, the, the original Tommy album, um, it was just you know, so cool and and told the Yeah, that that album, that even that movie, some people are super hard on that film, but oh love my that movie. god. I love like, it. Tina Turner, I mean, you've got oh, you've yeah. Eric Clapton, you've got... Yes! Um, um, who else? I mean... Uh, um, and Margaret. And Margaret rolling around in the baked beans. Oliver Reed. Oliver Reed, of course, yes. You know? Oliver Reed, yeah. So good, so good. And of course, Roger Daltrey, you know, but who's... Well, of course, yeah. Saying. Oh, and, yeah. and, 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 and... Elton John. Elton John, Keith Moon. That's right. Yep. Keith Moon, yeah. Yeah, it's a... Uh, it is a great it's film. So great. It's I think I might watch that today. It's, it's super, weird. I mean, yeah. it's 70s, though. It's like yeah. early 70s weird. It's just... I want to talk a little bit about Spider-Man, and I'm sure there were mishaps there. But first, there's a video clip of you being passed down the tights. <laughs> so yes, the mask on YouTube. Well, the mask, yeah. the tights, or whatever. Yeah, the mask. I've probably over the years seen that clip like five or six times because your reaction is so awesome. <laughs> like when when you're you're brought out and then (laughs) you're like uh something about him being bigger than you or whatever it is that you said i can't remember what it what it is that you said but it's it's, they gave him they gave him bigger your muscles are bigger than your muscles they gave him him bigger muscles and i was like come on man it's not fair like they give you bigger muscles this is bullshit you know it's so charming and so like it's so real which is why i think i love the clip so much you know because often you see people coming out and they're like you know oh thank you so much and I'm gonna give this like eloquent speech and you were just like how I imagined I would be if I was in that situation to be like this is like this is actually happening that was happening and it's awesome and holy shit I'm (laughs) Spider-Man yeah yeah so tell us about tell us a little bit about that moment like what it felt like for you in that moment well, first of all, that was my first time in the costume completed. 
So I was just like already on this kind of high from that because I'd done costume fittings and, you know, had, had all that kind of stuff. But it was my first time actually getting so, you know, um, so, so they, they wanted all of us to look the same. We, we, you know, we had 10 stuntmen because like they, there was all these sequences where like Spider-Man would fly, you know, from stage left all the way to stage right. And then he would, and then all of a sudden he'd be right. doing cartwheels in the back of the stage. And then he would like, you know, like do a big run and a leap from the other side. It was like, it was like, choo, 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 choo. So they wanted this all to look exactly the same. So they, they molded these kind of like under, uh, under the, under the costume. You, so first you had to put on, you know, your dance belt or whatever. And then you had to put on this like muscle suit. There was like this bright blue muscle suit. And then over, and then over that you put on the Spider-Man costume, right? So it was like three layers of stuff. Yes, sweetheart. Yeah, I'm talking about Spider-Man again. <laughs> she's, right. like, she's like, I'm sick of it, Daddy. I'm sick of talking about Spider-Man. Um, but, you know... Again? <laughs> right. She's like, come on, get over it. It was six years ago. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> but I, I, you know, so I was already kind of in this high because I, I was in the costume and I was like looking at my hands and I was like, I'm Sp Spider-Man. You know what I mean? This is amazing. And the only piece I didn't have was the mask, you know? And um, so getting to kind of, it was really, it was a really lovely symbolic. And, and so, you know, the, the, I, Reeve was amazing uh, during the entire rehearsal process. He, he understood how difficult it was to step into this role because he created this role and it took them a long time to get it right. You know, it took them nine months right. of previews. Yeah. Um, which is insane. No one's ever done anything like that before. I mean, like nine months of previous is unheard of. So he was there at, at, I would say probably at least half of my rehearsals, especially when it came to the stunt work uh, and the wire work that he, he was there to be like, okay, here, so here's what helps me. And he was so supportive and he's like, oh man, you sound amazing. He was just like such a nice supportive guy. And like, we've, you know, we haven't really maintained like a close friendship, but whenever I see him, you know, it's, it's always a really, really nice kind of, um, refresh you know like we, we've done a couple concerts together and like mm -hmm. we'll spend hours talking and you know kind of just you know catching up on life and stuff but he's just a really good dude and and so that moment was the culmination of the six-week rehearsal process that I had and you know being handed that mask was so symbolic and at the same time so um em empowering especially for a big nerd like me you know like I, mean, I grew up oh I, I grew up you know I, when I was growing up Spider-Man Spider-Man was the dream you know like he was the, the superhero and, um, you know, more so than Batman or Superman or, you know, even Iron Man at that point, but it's, <laughs> it's just really, um, so it was this incredible kind of, I was just, I don't, I, I mean, I watched that video and I, and I had that same experience you were talking about seeing something and be like, I don't remember doing that like that. Either. Like, wow, that's. It was just, it was really, really effing cool. <laughs> yeah, I love it. I yeah. love it. <laughs> the show, <laughs> well, I mean, the show has gotten a lot of um, ribbing, but I, I sure. enjoyed it. You know, I you know, they, actually they, thought it was a damn good show. There were a lot had, of problems, but. It was, too, it was way too long. If, 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 if it were, yeah. if it were just over two hours, it would have been great. There's, there were about four songs that just needed to be cut completely. You know what I mean? Right. Um, but in my, in my opinion, of course, like, who, who am I? But, you know, like, but, um, but right there, there with some, you. <laughs> but there's some really, really, really good stuff in there. Unfortunately, yeah. there was also, there was also a lot of like, what am I watching stuff? But there was some really, really good stuff. And, um, you know, Phil, Phil McKinley had a really interesting challenge because he had the team after Julie was let go. And after this, after the show com was completely revamped, he had the challenge of taking what they had and, and reshaping an entirely new show out of it. So. I think he was wow. really successful in that, um, you know, and, and um, unfortunately, you know, uh, unfortunately the show that he probably would have done if he got to work from the ground up, would never, never came to fruition. Mm -hmm. you know. hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I enjoyed it. What I saw, I thought was really great. Yeah. What I saw. It reminded me a lot of, there was a show here in Universal Studios here in Hollywood prior to, Spider-Man on Broadway. They had a show. They had a Spider-Man show at Universal. That was a rock yeah, musical. Oh yeah. And it was maybe 20 minutes. It wasn't very long. But um, it kind of echoed what 
you see what I saw uh, in in the Broadway version, and it was really good. I mean, it had uh, the rock musical thing, and Spidey was singing. Spidey was singing. Not <laughs> say that you weren't. I, I don't know, but oh, sure, sure. I mean, it was yeah, it was amazing. So when I was watching the Broadway version, I was like, wow, this is just like the Universal one. And I really should. I know in my brain, I was like, maybe I shouldn't say that to anybody, but yes. Um, you can, you it, should it, you should so, say whatever you want to say. Like I'm so sick of people being. Like, oh. <laughs> yeah, I, I there's no. Well, you know. I mean, it, it did have its problems, but I really have to say, on the whole, I I really enjoyed it. I am also a real big kid person, so if it was you know you know was a house full of kids, it wouldn't bother me. I mean, I children's yeah, theater director. Yeah. It, <laughs> When it comes but, to when it comes to to the to the, the, the you know the, the scope of, of Broadway, the, I think that there needs to be a, a, there needs to be a little bit more um, uh, acceptance when it comes to the variety of types of, of entertainment types of shows you're seeing. Uh, you know, I had I had some I had a couple of my closest friends were in getting the band back together last year. Okay. And it was great. It was so funny and hundred dollars or hundred and fifty dollars a ticket. They were charging people 50 bucks, you know what I mean? And for 50 bucks for a two hour and 15 minute laugh, you know, like a, like SNL sketch, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Oh, yeah. And there, there, needs, there needs to be, a, um, you know, <laughs> those kinds of shows, need, they need to have those, they, they need to have that, their, their, their place on Broadway. And, and, and I think that like these, these stuffy critics need to be a little more accepting of, of just fun for fun's sake. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. you, the moment you mention Spider-Man, you're gonna get kids. Of course. Yes. Like, of course. It's gonna happen. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. You know, I mean, that my son is a huge. Well, I don't want him to hear me. But my son, <laughs> my son is a huge nerd. Who who brought him up on Spider-Man? Hi, guilty. At the time. Um, that he was uh, little, the first, the first um, wave of Spider-Man films was coming. The Sam Raimi films, right? Yeah, those are right. my favorite. So, you okay? So that was like he was hyped on that. So that's his favorite to this day. That's his favorite superhero. So I was yeah. trying to get tickets at the time to go out and see Spider-Man turn off dark, but he. I don't know if he would have been, I don't know, he might have liked it. I don't know. But he's such a he's such a comic nerd though now. And he's mm-hmm. kind of a, a snob about it. I'm like, where did you get that from? But um yeah, I, I it, you're gonna get kids because that's mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. of what it is. Yeah. I don't know. But I enjoyed it. I did. <laughs> I guess I guess yeah, I have a little I just had a have a little bit too much of the theater etiquette on my brain you know so i didn't think when i was going into that show i didn't think yeah you probably i'm thinking i'm seeing a broadway show where tickets are you know three hundred dollars or whatever they are i didn't expect i guess there to and and at a night time you know an 8 p.m friday night so it 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 was it was more that it had i had i thought about it before i went in you know, it, like I would think about it to go to see Frozen or one Frozen. of the other shows. Yeah. But in that in that moment, going to see that show, I was just thinking I'm going to see a Broadway show. You know, sure. so so um, yeah. as for the like the show itself, I didn't love the show. Yeah. Um, a lot I, of people did not love the, the show. spectacle. Yeah. <laughs> I thought was fantastic. I loved the performances, all of mm-hmm. the performances. Um, I thought everybody was working really hard on that stage and, and in the air. Um, but yeah, it was far too long for my liking, Mm -hmm. um, which it's like, there's long because it needs to be long because of what needs to be said in a show. And then there's long for like, almost like overindulgence, you know, and, and I didn't enjoy a three-hour spider-man and spider-man is and and i'm a big nerd i'm a big nerd too spider-man is my i have many 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 spider-man comics um fun fact back in the 90s when i was living in la i took a temp job 
not knowing what the company was. And when I arrived at work, I saw that I was going to be working for Stan Lee. And it wound up being, uh, I worked for him for a year. Oh my God, um, nice. One of my favorite people ever. Um, so like, I'm a big spider, I'm a big Spider-Man lover, big nerd. And like that, I stayed in what was supposed to be a six week temp job because I was working for Stanley. I was like, I'm staying here. I'm staying oh, yeah. here <laughs> until, the sh until the company got shut down by the SEC. But that's a long story. Oh. Um, yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah. And you know, it just, there was a lot that felt like that, that overindulgence thing. Like it, it, it it really bugged me that when it's the dance club scene that there's a U2 song playing. I was like, seriously, yeah, yeah. seriously, a U2, a U2 song is playing in the dance club. Like, it was just obnoxious to me. Nobody yeah. dances to U2. Nobody dances to U2. <laughs> not in a kind club. Of, not no, really, yeah. They're not like dance clubby. Well, yeah. it was like the Octung Baby kind of, I don't remember what the song was, but it was like that kind of album. But come yes. on. And a but, club but yeah, so it was like those little things that bugged me. That being said, I'm really happy that I saw it. And, and the, like I said, the spectacle was like nothing I'd ever seen in a theatrical yeah. direction. It was stunning. It was. And, it, and to tell you the truth, you probably won't ever again because they lost $65 million. So people, the, the, no, one's, no one's ever going to invest that much in, into spectacle ever again on yeah, Broadway stage. Yeah. I don't know if there's a reason behind this or if it, 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 maybe it was a short stint. I know that you did this just because of being Facebook friends with you, but, and I know that you went in as a replacement for somebody, I believe, but the Star Wars story thing, oh. What's, is that what it's called? The Star, Star Wars? Oh, uh, a musical about Star Wars. Yes. <laughs> My mom worked for a uh, company that made the molds for the original Death Star. For Kenner? So I have oh, wow. a piece of um, nice. something that had been poured into the mold. It wasn't an actual piece of, the, but I have a piece of, and I mean, I had a Chewbacca t-shirt that I wouldn't take off until my mother basically ripped it off of me and threw it away. That's amazing. Yeah. So, so it'll make you happy to know that I'm, um, I'm I mean, I'm wearing a Star Wars t-shirt as we speak. I mean, I'm, oh, I'm a massive, massive, massive fan. Um, I am, uh, I mean, I am, I, I will, I'll, I'm up there. I will, I will go toe to toe with anyone on some, uh, on some trivia. I, I'm sorry. I don't know if you can hear that, but there's apparently a helicopter surrounding my apartment right now. So. Oh, no, um, I don't. I didn't hear it actually. I will fight anybody about Adam Driver. I will fight anybody about Adam Driver. I wanted I to say I want to say that when it comes to the Skywalkers, every every one of those Skywalkers are they're all whiny little bitches. Okay, this Anakin, is very whiny little bitch. Yeah, Luke Skywalker yeah. is a whiny little 100%. bitch. Oh my god! Star Wars, the 100%. original one, he was so whiny. Yeah. And when people and when people are saying, "Oh, Luke, Luke would never run away, and Luke would never do this and run to," I'm like, "Yeah, he would. Yeah, he totally would. would. Yeah, he would." Totally Did anybody not would. see Star Wars? Did they not see? I don't episode know. Four? I don't I'm sorry. know what like bubble people get in over Star Wars, where it's like just you know, it doesn't take much to pay attention to like what, what characters happened was, are like, you know. What happened is the EU, the expanded universe, created this whole this whole series of of fans that for you know the better part of 20 25 years their their luke skywalker was this incredible jedi knight who oh, started a, yeah, started a school and then turned to the dark side then turned back from the dark side and married this woman named rj like there was this there was this incredible story that they actually borrowed quite a lot from for this new trilogy um and so when, when they when people didn't get that and they got something different they were just kind of like their expectations were subverted but anyways uh a musical about Star Wars. Um, knowing that I'm a massive fan, uh, I was invited to the opening of this off-Broadway show last May, May the 4th, uh, of course. Oh, and, I love it. <laughs> and so uh, my wife and I sh you know, showed up in our Han and Leia t-shirts, yeah, I love you, I know t-shirts. And, you know, and, and then I, 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 there was a, a trivia contest that happened in the middle of the show and I won a box of Chewbacca Cheez-Its and this whole thing, and so. Um, <laughs> So, flash forward to like September, and I get this email from the producer, and he's like, "Hey, you know, um, we have one of our actors. Um, essentially, they had just kind of Im improvised this show to life, you know. And it's it's a musical, so there's music written and stuff like that. But it's it's a fun, cheesy, funny, really really cute little show. Um, 
that and so they wrote and they said you know one of our actors is is going to be gone for the next couple months um we know that you're a massive fan would you like to do this and i was like i don't think knowing knowing how much people are aware of my love for star wars there's no universe where i'm not doing this show like i am doing this show like you try to it was it was fun you know it was definitely a a different experience for me it was my it was my off-broadway debut which was really cool um but uh it was yeah it was uh it was a it was a really fun little <laughs> you like star wars too it was a fun time to be involved with that production too because uh, uh, you know um the rise of skywalker was coming out while while i was doing it so it was, it was really neat Ah, uh, that's awesome i love it yeah. so then i'll ask you as from one star wars fan to another um rise of skywalker yes or no I don't know. You know, I, I enjoy it for what it is. Um, I'm 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 okay with it. I think I think uh, as far as the story beats are concerned, and as far as like the what they the story that they, that they told, I'm happy with. I'm not. I'm just not happy with the movie as a movie. I think that it's the pacing is terrible. I know there's a car alarm going off. This is going so well, you guys. Oh my gosh! Nice quarantine life. <laughs> Right, uh, New York. <laughs> What's funny is that, like, I, my neighborhood is. Wait, that's not a fire. That is not. Hold on a second. That sounds like an ambulance or something. Yeah. Oh no, like a car alarm or a house alarm. That's a fire alarm. That's our building's fire alarm. Oh my gosh. Oh. Okay. Yeah, give me a second, you guys. I just want to make sure. Yeah. Yeah. Somebody lost their cat, and so they opened the roof. They opened the roof access to get up there. And the helicopter is circling our building, which is also really, really crazy. It's like this is the most action that's happened in this apartment in the last like. Hey, five years. you know, we wanted to give you kind of like a full range of stuff to work with, so we planned all of this. I appreciate it. Yeah, you know, we thought. Yeah, no problem. <laughs> Uh, okay, so where were we? Start we were Star Wars. Um, and so uh, yeah, I was asking you about Rise of the Rise of Skywalker. Oh my gosh, Luna! I, I just I just need you just to come here for a second. <laughs> Luna's not having it. Am I am I am I back? You're back. Yes. There he is. Yes. Oh my gosh, you guys, this is going so well. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, no, I I'm happy with I'm happy with the story. Um, I've always kind of thought Ray was going to be a Palpatine anyway. I mean, you know, like, so I was, spoiler alert. Um, <laughs> spoiler alert. So, yeah, I, I'm, you know, uh, I'm excited for the novelization to come out so I can read it. Then how, then how did you feel about The Last Jedi? Because, you know, we're, we're divided over that film. <laughs> I loved it. Really? Loved it. I think it was it was great. It completely subverted my expectations, which has never happened to me in a Star Wars film ever. Because okay. I, 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 I didn't get the, you know, I'm your father moment because it was, you know, I was born in 85. So at right. that point it was already, yeah. you know, we knew. Right. But like for Luke to be this hermit and then all of a sudden, and then Snoke to, you know, to be, to, to, to I was like, what, what is going to happen in this next movie? You know what I mean? Like, like how um, did I, they just kill the villain in the second film? <laughs> in the in the idea that 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 anybody can can have a, a, a strong connection to the force, it, it doesn't belong to a bloodline necessarily. Really, really struck a chord with me. I really enjoyed it, and and I'm, you know, um, I'm I'm totally on board, and I I I, I, I really enjoyed it. I hated it the first time I saw it in the movie theater. Hated it. And it took me a year to watch it again because I hated it that much. Oh, and then yeah. when I watched wow. it again a year later, I was like, I don't remember this. Oh, hey, I like that. I like, you know, I think that for me going into a Star Wars movie, because I've seen every Star Wars movie opening day at the movie theater, uh -huh. you know, there's just this like, okay, this is what the story is and this is what the characters are and this, and it was such, such a diversion and so, so different from The Force Awakens, which is really just a Star Wars reboot, you know, um, that I think it just, well, like see, when I think, I think it just shocked me. I don't think I hated it. I think it, I don't, it was just so different from, it just didn't 
to me, I was like, this isn't Star Wars. But then when I watched it a year later, I was like, oh, oh, okay. I, I do. I, it's funny, you know. There's there's so many people who who complain that Why? the Force Awakens is just a reboot, or, or it's just the same thing. It's the same thing. But that but that is honestly that's the entire point of that movie. Yeah. Is is that look? This this will happen. Every generation has this story. Yeah. And this will happen over and over and over again until something happens to stop it. And yeah. So we need, we have to figure out what that is. And so I I I think people were just accusing them of being lazy. When, when I think what they, I think that they missed the point. The point is, and even Maz Kanata says it in, in, in her first scene that she's like, look, call it the Empire, call it the First Order, whatever you, whatever you want to call it. It always happens. It happens over and over again. Right. So I was like, ah, that's what this movie's about. This movie is about, you know. Right, right, for sure. And uh, like, I, I mean, though I say it's, it's a reboot, I still like, going to see the force awakens was like the most exciting thing in my life in a really long time and i j- to me jj abrams can do no wrong like i'm a re- i mean I, like where that lightsaber flies across the snow oh. and it lands in ray's hand i yes. was like I, that was the last time i cried and we, like really, it was really so <gasps> yeah i mean it was such a one two and three like i mean uh I don't, I don't, you know. Um, so it was like, so it had been since 1983 since I'd seen a Star Wars movie in the movie theater opening day, even though I had been to the, all of those opening day. But this was like like an old friend, you know, like yeah. going to see an old friend, but, you know, different enough that, it, you know. But, uh, yeah, I, I, I love J.J. Abrams, and so I think that's also part of the reason that I didn't love The Last Jedi was because of my like allegiance to JJ sure. um, and the undoing of some of the stories that he had told in, a, in Force Awakens and then of course yes. you know he came back and retold those stories in Rise of Skywalker um, but yeah all that to say Star Wars nerds in the house <laughs> Star Wars nerds <laughs> Star Wars nerds alright so we have a couple more things that we need to talk about with you. Okay. <laughs> um, let's talk about Jesus Christ Superstar Live. Yeah, let's do Which it. I watched again. I, I watched that whole thing for that last shot on Sunday night. Oh, even, yeah, though I can, even though I can find pictures of it all over the internet, it was like the most exciting thing I'd seen on television in so long. It was an incredible experience. Um, yes. Uh, so I, I was, I was hired as uh, John Legend's understudy and rehearsal standby because he, it was a seven week rehearsal process and he was there, you know, for the first week and a half and, and about the last week and a half. Um, cause he was doing, you know, concerts all over the world. Mm-hmm. And so I got to help shape the character and, and the show. And, you know, I got to play that role for pretty much the entire rehearsal process while he was gone. You know, uh, getting to play that role for, you know, and getting to, to do the process of creating that role was really special to me. And then what was even equally incredible was that when John came back, you know, I kind of was there to help him, you know, uh, to help show him what we had done. And, you know, and so then he, he took it and he made it his own thing. He, 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 of course, you know, he, he's John Legend. I mean, he's got, his, he's got his specific thing that he does and he does so well and he, took it and, and, and just in uh, just a couple of days made it his, his own ended up on, on film um, or on, you know, on the broadcast. Yeah. Uh, but it was, it was, I can't even describe how, how collaborative and beautiful that whole experience was. You know, everybody worked so hard. It was such a well-oiled machine. We expected so many things to go wrong so many different times and they never did. Um, you know, and, and the broadcast went off without a hitch. It was just like, how do we do this? How did this even happen? You know, it was, it was really an incredible experience. Yeah, beautiful. Yeah, there was a clip of you singing my absolute favorite segment in the show, Gethsemane, um, oh. um, for the Rainbow concert, I believe it was. Oh, yeah, so that was, that was a few was. years ago. We had done, um, it was like a charity event. I was so sick. And it was, oh God, it was, that was, it was in Las Vegas. You didn't say that. Let me just say it right now. Well, I, I appreciate that. that. I mean, it, it was, it was actually really nerve wracking. I appreciate that. It was very nerve wracking because I was so sick 
someone had just stolen my my Apple Watch. Um, oh no! Like, mood oh. because of oh, that. Man. And because I was I was sick, but like there was nothing, no one else could do it because you know it was just like it was a concert, so we only rehearsed a couple of days, you know. But um, right. we got through it, and and um, and uh, yeah, that was a, that was a good time. They raised a lot of money. That's good. But you sounded beautiful. I mean, that oh, to you. me is like the quintessential part for me. That is one of my favorite parts of that um, Same. particular of that show. Oh my goodness, oh, yes, that so one yeah. just it wrecks me every time. Every time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I sure wish we could have seen you do that. Uh, me too. Yeah. There's maybe, a video somewhere. I was going to say, maybe someday we'll get to see that video. I hope yeah, I, so. Yeah. I doubt it. I, I doubt it. But no. Yeah. That's why I was like trying to look through uh, the on the interwebs um, yeah. for something. But I did come across um, some footage from the concert. Yeah, what an exciting experience. And right. it, I mean, is that something that is that a show you'd like to do? Yeah, I'd love to do show? I'd love to do that show. I, I'd love to play Judas in that show. That's mm-hmm. you know, I um it's it's I'd love yes. to do both of those roles in rep actually. Will be a lot of fun is to switch on and off with somebody. Yes. Um but yeah, wow. I would love to I'd love to do that show sometime. You know, there were people that were like super hard on John and you know like oh he's well, and I like I think I enjoyed him and, and I you know, John, and, John was doing John he was doing his thing you know and yeah, like that, that role is it's it's intended for the like a, a like a rock tenor and he he wanted to do something different with it he wanted to yeah. bring his, his kind of cool why should you yeah kind of thing to it and it worked I think it worked really well I really enjoyed I enjoyed that it didn't just sound like everybody else who sings those songs you know I I really enjoyed him and I I think that like coming up to the end of the show like he brought it and I thought I I was it was exciting to me I I love anytime these any of these live things even the ones that fail just the fact that they're on television you know as a theater person right like anytime theater is on national television prime time you know it's exciting it's it's exciting so um i i really enjoyed it but i would very much like to see you in that role (laughs) so do it damn it (laughs) same yeah same 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 Same. so you have a movie that just came out and you do you have a movie that just came (laughs) out do i that I can't see because it's not on Amazon Prime Canada. Damn it! So it's co- okay. Yeah. So this movie is 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 um the original idea for this was to do. So it's called No One Called Ahead. I, I think this is one you're talking about, right? Yes, correct. Um, it's the original idea was to was to start a, a streaming platform for com- completely original musicals to be filmed and then streamed on this on this one platform. Um, Paul Gordon, who wrote the show, also wrote Pride and Prejudice, which, which they just did a live showing of. Daddy um, Longlegs. Daddy Longlegs, of course. Yeah, there's, I think there was like a, 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 a another Jane Austen, I can't remember, but. Um, yeah, he did, and, um, he did Jane Eyre. Also. Jane Eyre, yeah, that's what it was, mm-hmm. yeah. So, but this musical, you know, it, it was an interesting experience. Um, it, it, it was an interesting experience because we were cast and hired about four days before we shot the movie. And we shot the movie, um, for, for anybody listening that doesn't really know um, uh, what, about filming, um, yeah. usually, usually you would shoot like five or six pages in a day maximum, you know, on a film set. We shot 17 pages a day. And we had the material for maybe a day or two. And this is a brand new musical. And so it was, every single day was, was hard and impossible. And the tensions were very high. Every, everybody involved was lovely. Everybody involved was very, you know, you know professional and, and was able to keep a cool head. But it was, it was not an easy experience. And I don't... Um, I don't know how the, the, the movie came together the way it did. Um, I, I will say that I, I, I think that 
I, I wish that it, it had benefited from uh, at least a rehearsal process. I, I think it could have mm. benefited. I think the, the, the potential of of the of the story and the and the film that could have been um, was uh, unfortunately never never uh, shot. Okay. <laughs> you know, but it's it is it's a it's a it's a good show. Paul's a, a great writer, and um, you know we we really really did our best with it with what we had, but we just had you know we had no time. We had no time. It's hilarious that when I said you have a movie out, you're like, oh, is this the one you're talking about? So what other movies do you have coming out right around now? <laughs> uh, there's a couple independent films that I worked on uh, okay. last year. Like one of them's doing uh, like the, the indie circuit right now. It's called Storm Chaser. Um, it's really good. Um, it's getting a lot of attention. Um, and, I, and, and I think that the hope is to make a, a, a Netflix series out of it eventually. Oh. But it's starring Mary Birdsong, oh, who's cool. from uh, Reno 911. She's hilarious. She's amazing, um, and uh, yeah. So that's that's one. There's another one called I forget what it's called. Uh, like a like a murder thriller kind of a show. I mean a, a, a film uh, that I haven't even I haven't seen it yet. So um, I don't know how how it is, but <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah. So there's a couple things coming out, you know, in the works, and um, yeah. Awesome. Out of the things that you're doing, music and film and, and all of that, what is the thing that really just, not sets you on fire, but just, it really just energizes you and makes you really pumped? Singing on stage with a live band is my absolute favorite thing to do. Yeah. You know, whether, it's, whether it's like, you know, cover songs for at a rock show or whether it's, you know, doing this, like yeah. a, a Broadway show or whatever, just, just like getting to have that kind of that that live music experience that's my absolute favorite thing yeah that's a pretty great thing that's a, yeah. that's right. a great feeling it is. <laughs> i got to do um i got to do at the at patchock theater last year um out long island i got to do um tommy the full the full album and live in concert amazing um, yeah there's some oh, little wow. clips of, if you go to my instagram um there's some little clips on there you can find that i posted but uh but it, it was it was an incredible experience, and it was a, like a lifelong dream that came true. Any, any other upcoming stuff? I mean, you know, you, I know you mentioned the new musical, which is exciting, and I hope that um, we're able to get back in running, up and running sooner I rather than I, later. What I want to what I want to say is, when it, when it comes to you know getting back to normal, just remember that you know, and I know a, a lot of people have been saying this, but remember you know that um, during this, this difficult time, pe people have looked to artists to keep them entertained, to keep them busy, keep them sane, keep them having an emotional experience, going through catharsis, you know, while they're locked inside. And, and that we, we are, while we may not be deemed uh, essential as mm -hmm. far as like, you know, um, you know, healthcare is concerned, I, I believe we are essential when it comes to mental health. So, you know, remember that when it's time to, to, to vote and when it's time to, to talk about funding for the arts, um, you know, don't, don't, don't forget this moment about you know how, how you how you got through it all right well this brings us to the end of one more interview here on broadway babies and we've been talking with with um justin matthew Sargent to thank hey you so much for being our guest today <laughs> <laughs> you got a bookend you know and with that <laughs> and with that we'll say thank you so much for listening and we will see you again we'll hear we'll hear from you you'll hear from us again soon i'm stephanie anderson and i'm noelle hannibal <laughs> see you next time <laughs> bye <laughs>